This is The Branches Podcast. We try to keep it simple in this family of faith, love God, and love people. Let's not make it harder than Jesus intended. If you'd like to know more about our community of faith, you can visit us at www.branchesoc.com. Have you ever seen the Bible, the Red Letter Bible? Unfortunately, I don't see as many of them as I used to. Uh, when I first came to faith and actually started reading the Bible, it seemed like a lot of the Bibles were red-letter Bibles. And what they are is, primarily in the New Testament, it would be the words of Jesus were always in red. And it uh, came about at first in 1899. Um, a guy named Louis Klopsch, I don't even know if I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, he was a publisher. He was an editor of a magazine journal, whatever you want to call it, and he was reading in God's Word, and he said, why, isn't, why aren't Jesus' words in red? Can I do that? So he approached his mentor and said, is this okay? His mentor, I think, was a scholar, and he said, well, it can't hurt, and it sure could help. And so he, that year, created the first New Testament where all of Jesus' words are in red, and he chose red because one, it sticks out, and also because in the passage that he read, it talked about Jesus' blood, which was shed for us. And so when I would look at those um, red-letter Bibles and especially read through it, it's so easy just to eat, read the red. And if you've ever done it before, where you just read the words of Jesus, so you don't get distracted by all of the other stuff that is spinning in your head or the things that you're hearing from other people in our culture, and you can just sit at the feet and listen to his words. It's powerful. So what we're going to do <clears throat> is start a series called Listening at the Feet of Jesus. And it ties in with us just looking at Jesus' word. The Bible says that God's word is like a, a double-edged sword. And I heard someone say it this way. It's like a double-edged sword that doesn't have a handle. And so even when you hold it, you're getting cut. I know that sounds bad, uh, that means you're getting hurt, but it's, it's both, it clears things out and it heals and sets things straight because it's God's word. And so this series, Listening at the Feet of Jesus, we wanna step back and we wanna look at what does it mean to come to Jesus and sit at his feet and just hear his words and try to block everything else out. And I think that the passage that is best used to start this off is one of my favorites. Um, and so what does it mean to look at the feet of Jesus? Well, let's look at someone that sat at the feet of Jesus. And so uh, if you could grab your own Bibles, whether they're red letter or not, and we will have this on the screen and I'll also have it on the screen on Sunday, but um, Luke 10, and uh, I'm going to give you the context, but when we do these messages, we're only going to choose a small part of what Jesus said. We'll make sure it's in context, but we're just going to focus on a small passage. So to set you up for this passage, let me give you some of the background. So Jesus and the disciples were traveling. Uh, so he and his students, who were all male, that's important, that'll come up later, so they're walking, and uh, Martha, a lady they knew, invites them to her home. 
As we know, hospitality is a big thing at the time of Jesus. And so they come, and then Mar- it says it's Martha's house, and so she prepares the meal. And as she's doing the preparations, she gets in Jesus' face. Um, and she says, tell my... Well, actually, she first says, you don't care that my sister's not helping? Tell her. I mean, who tells Jesus what to do? Tell her to get in here and help me. So that's the context. And now I want to focus on the words the red-letter words that I want us to listen into. And Jesus says this. But the Lord answered her. Now we'll go into the red. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, or the better thing, which will not be taken away from her. Now, if you've heard this passage before, it's typically taught in this fashion. Martha got too caught up with being busy, and Mary instead chose to just listen to Jesus. And that is true, but there's so much more here. There's something that is so golden and so filled with treasure that I want us to slow down and look at it. I want us to look at Martha And I want us to look at Mary, and I want us to see how Jesus interacted with them both. Because you know there's got to be something going on here, right? I mean, there's always something going on with the family. And what is happening underneath between Martha and Mary? Because Jesus, he doesn't even intervene. He doesn't step in to this tension. He doesn't step into their family business. He refuses to get involved in that doesn't mean he doesn't get involved, but he doesn't get involved in what's hidden underneath the surface. And so let's look at Martha. So one of the things we we know about Martha, I'm not going to give you all the details of how we know that, but um, Martha is the owner of the house. This is in a patriarchal society where the men are always in charge. So the parents, we we don't hear anything about the parents. We know nothing. And it doesn't say that it's Lazarus's house, which is her brother, and Mary, so it's Martha's house. It's kind of a big deal. Um, in this culture, women are not heard. In fact, as we've talked about before, they can't even be witnesses in a court of law. And so Mary gets into Jesus' face. <laughs> and not just any person, not just any male, but to a rabbi. We'll get into what that means here in a, in a shortly. And we also know that uh, Martha and Mary must be pretty well known because later on, Lazarus is going to die and Jerusalem, which is only two miles away from where they live in a place called Bethany, all of these people come out to support them, to encourage Martha and Mary because they just lost their brother. Um, We also know they're really wealthy. (laughs) We know that because uh, when Lazarus passes away, they put him in a tomb. That's for the rich folk, to have land, to then have a tomb. So we don't know how they got the money, but they're wealthy. And we know later on that Mary um, takes a very expensive, I mean, super expensive bottle of perfume and washes washes his feet with her hair with this perfume 
So they're loaded. Um, we also know uh, that Jesus loved them. Specifically, it points it out. Only a few times in the Bible does it say when Jesus, when it emphasizes that Jesus loves somebody. And we see it in his actions, we see it in his words, but when he particularly says, oh, I love you. <laughs> and so we see that where he actually says, or it's said about him that he loves Martha and Mary and Lazarus. So he loves their family. And I think this is the most important thing to learn about Martha, is that she believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And so it's so easy to look at this passage and kind of you know, tear her apart for all the things she's doing wrong. But we get so distracted and you just have to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is that she believes that Jesus is who he says he is. So this blunt, in-your-face lady has so much more to her than what we've just seen in this context. So now let's look at uh, Mary. Uh, we see Mary three times in the Gospels. So there's three instances where we hear of Mary. Um, and at all three times that we see Mary, she's at the feet of Jesus. Uh, obviously, at this passage, she's at the feet of Jesus. Um, we also see uh, that when Lazarus dies and Jesus comes, then she falls at Jesus' feet. And then we see Mary fall at Jesus' feet at another time uh, when there's a meal at the house and Lazarus is reclining there and she washes Jesus' feet with her hair. Um, we know that Mary professed also that she believed. Uh, she did it at the feet of Jesus when Lazarus was dead. So even when things weren't going her way, so to speak, in an, in an un unbelievably painful time when she lost her brother and she knew that Jesus could have prevented this because she believed he was the Messiah. She still falls at his feet and professes him as the Messiah. That's powerful in and of itself. Um, and we see that Jesus defends Mary. How good did that feel, right? Um... And he talks about how that she did this to prepare him for burial because this is a, a typical thing that you would do um, when you're preparing someone for burial. You'd wash their feet. Now, he's still alive. So Jesus is referring to something that probably Mary doesn't fully understand, but he's still defending her. And this all will start to make sense when we, Jesus' words, when we step back and look at all of this together. And there's one more important thing that I want us to look at. And I want to finish with this point. Is the nature of a rabbi and his student or his disciple. Because Mary is not just held up as a role model to women as a disciple, as a student, but to males as well, to everyone. Um, when you sit at the feet of a rabbi, it means you are invited in. So rabbis were traditionally... Uh, they would receive requests, almost like universities. If you want to get into a university, you admit and you hope they choose you. That's how it was set up for rabbis. Um, most got rejected. But Jesus turned everything upside down. 
Not only did he not look for the elite, but he didn't even wait for the admission letters to come in. He went out and chose. And so he chooses Mary and Mary accepts. Remember, this is a patriarchal society. No women would do this. No women were allowed to do this. And so you have this family that is well-respected, that is wealthy, and everybody knows them. And here we see Mary doing something that is frowned upon. Didn't see that at first, did you? So when Jesus tells Martha, 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 you are distracted and worried about so many things. But Mary has chosen the one thing and it will not be taken from her. There is something powerful that's happening underneath the surface here that we could have easily missed. In the Western world, we learn information and then we get tested on it. So in our schools, the way it works, for the most part, is that you have to get the content, whether through lecture or reading, and then you're tested to see what your knowledge is on the subject. But at Jesus' time, and in so many cultures today, and in so many other professions, there are apprentices, students, disciples. And what you do is that you watch your master, because you're the apprentice, that's the master, you're learning from them, you watch how they do everything. So if they were a carpenter, you'd watch how they handle their tools, how they clean their tools, how they put their tools away, how they approach a piece of wood, where do they get their wood from, how they interact even with their clients, you watch everything. And what that master is saying is the same thing that a rabbi is saying. When they accept you, they're not just saying you're good enough, they're saying you can take my place. As I am, you can become like me. And I believe in that. And because I believe in that, I will let you be my disciple. I will let you be my student. I will let you be my apprentice because I know that you can do what I do. And I will teach you how I do what I do. And so Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus because her master believes that she can do what he does. And by her following through with that, she believes the same thing in a culture where that is not accepted. Makes a lot more sense than why Martha would be irritated because she's the oldest and the oldest always follow the rules. And here we see Mary not following the rules of the culture. Women did not sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is not only fine with it, but he says that Mary has chosen what is better. So, this story, this event, as one person said, is a fracturing event because it's, he's bringing a new order that is in direct conflict with this old order. A whole new world is possible, and not only possible, but expected. Jesus said that he didn't come just to bring peace. He did, to set things right so that we could be whole. 
but that doesn't mean to earn the approval of other people to make that happen. And so what we see here is that Mary is doing the same thing. Notice that Mary is quiet. She doesn't even say anything. She doesn't even respond to Martha's accusations. Maybe she knows that's just Martha. She doesn't like it when I rock the boat. But by the very nature of following Jesus, we're going to rock the boat. And that's why Jesus is so gentle with Martha. Martha, Martha. He says it tenderly. And she is worried and distracted about many things. And it's more than just making the meal for everybody. Did Martha step up to take over the house to lead the family? It would seem that she did. And so she's just trying to protect, I think, Mary against all of what's going to be coming her way because of what she's doing. Now, there's more to it, I'm sure, but I wanted to focus on that element that we could so easily miss. Because when we look at the red letter words of Jesus, when we look and want to understand what is he trying to tell Mary, we're also saying, how can this help us? God, your word is a lamp unto my feet. You direct my path. So when I see you teaching Mary and teaching Martha, what am I supposed to get from this? What is the one thing that she's chosen? If she's chosen something that's better, I want that. And maybe that's how Martha responded after this. We don't see how she responded after Jesus corrects her. But that's what we want, right? Don't we want to have our life the way it should be, the way we were designed to be? And Jesus' words were meant to do that if we will sit at his feet and listen. Because we can hear the words but it's completely different than a posture of a student to a rabbi. Because Mary, by the nature of sitting at Jesus' feet, is also saying, what do you want to tell me? How should I now live? I'm following you. You're the rabbi. I want to become like you, even at the expense of me. Because by becoming more like Jesus than some of who we already are has to be left behind. And so when we talk about listening at the feet of Jesus, we're not talking about just reading the red words. We're talking about reading those red words, those words of Jesus as if they came from our master, who we want to be like, who we want to imitate. And when I think of her sitting at his feet. She's taking huge risks. We know Jesus is, but so is she. And when we choose to listen at the feet of Jesus, we are taking huge risks. Now, we can take no risks at all just by hearing. What? Hmm, okay, I'll consider that, which is much different than sitting at his feet saying, here I am. Change me. Mold me. I'm yours because I believe in you. That's what we mean when we say, listen at the feet of Jesus. So we've all been in Martha's place before, right? 
Um, some of you may know Marthas that are direct, focused, and worried about breaking rules, and some of us are Marthas. But she believed. And she was strong. And God is going to use that strength in her belief. We're all going to trip up. And that's why we come to Jesus. Even when we come telling him what to do, Martha still, as we know, is coming as a student. She's not quite there yet. She's inching there. And we need to know that Jesus is the one that sets our identity. Because the culture has said how Mary is supposed to respond. The culture has put her in her place. And she could accept that. But she doesn't. And Jesus gives her the opportunity to receive the truth of her identity from him. And so for us, we don't adopt what is given to us. Okay? We don't get it from others, but neither do we decide our identity on our own. Christ, the Messiah, defines us. And that's the identity that we need to take. Everything that's wrapped up when I say that term, your identity, who you are, that's defined by Jesus, as we see here in this incident. And then Mary. I love the fact that we always see her at the feet of Jesus. Different emotions each time, but at the feet of Jesus. A posture of submission. There seems to be a general calm, a focus, and a clarity from her on who she is. It's as if she's standing even though she's sitting. It's as if she's saying to everyone in the world, here I am, next to him, where I belong. I'm going to listen to what he says because I know that I can become like him. And then he will mold me and change me so that I can be a light to the world and help change the world. I think of all those athletes I think of all uh, the different sports, and there's this phrase that they keep saying. They'll say it in English, they'll say it in Spanish, they'll say it in French. I feel like she's saying that. Let's go! Just by the nature of her standing there, she is defiant. That's what it means to listen at the feet of Jesus. Let's go! God bless.